Hello and welcome back to the Asteroid. We are your hosts, Stella and Nayeli, and this podcast is all about astrology, celebrity news, and how you can use astrology in your everyday life. Welcome back to our current subscribers and hello to all our new viewers tuning in today. If you're new and you like our content, please feel free to subscribe to our channel. Our goal is to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year and we're getting close to it. And by continuing to gain subscribers, it allows us to continue making this content and your comments help us get ideas on future episodes and for us to know what topics you like best. So thank you to all who have commented so far. So for today's episode, we are welcoming back Alexandra, multidimensional artist and astrologer. So hopefully you all have listened to our astrology and parenthood episode that we had some time ago where we interviewed Alexandra to find out more about the work, what she does and how it ties into her natal chart. If you haven't seen it yet and you're interested in learning more, we'll link to that episode in the description. But with this episode, we have Alexandra back to really get more in depth into some parenting tips that could be tied to astrology and that could help you all. So yeah, we'll be covering some different things today. And thank you so much, Alexandra, for joining with us again for this episode. Thank you for having me back. I really am so grateful, especially because we're learning so much about each other and we reflect so many different perspectives on the same things to each other. We're like, oh, I never thought about that. And we're just applying deeper and deeper knowledge of self and seeing how we can help each other because that's what astrology is for yeah for sure and to start off let's talk about some parts of the needle chart that could give indications of understanding one's child so alexandra you've mentioned that there's certain houses in the needle chart that you find are the ones that you look at when it comes to understanding a child which houses are those and why are they so important to you Sure. So for me, I like to just give a general overview because obviously every single house is important. We can't value one more than the other. But as an introduction, when getting to know your child's needs, I personally like to focus on which houses the inner planets are in. Because whenever I do an introduction to someone's chart, I like to just start with the inner planets. So that's Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars. And then whichever houses those are in. But individually, the houses that I like to focus on are the first house, third house, fourth house, and fifth house. And the reason for that is because for those who aren't aware, the first house is known as the ascendant or rising sign, which the majority of astrologers would agree are part of your big three. Your sun, moon, and rising sign make up the biggest components of your personality. The third house, sorry, to explain more about what the first house is, it's the ascendant or rising sign, how you are perceived by others, how you present yourself to others can even affect physical appearance. It can show how you approach your path in life, your immediate reactions to your surroundings and things of that nature. And then the third house, it deals a lot with indication of how your logical, methodical mind works. So for children, I would find that it's very important to look at that area because they're in school. I mean, we're always learning throughout life, but we really want to help to focus and hone in on what their individual learning communication styles are because not every child is going to respond well or prefer the very uniform ways of thinking or teaching that the school systems tend to have. So I think that's really what my first focus and even understanding my own son's chart was was like how can I help him learn how does he want to communicate what is his learning and communication style so the third house really helped me with that 
And then the last two, the fourth house deals a lot with what their needs are in their personal and home life, like what they're kind of seeking within a family system for comfort and security and nurturing and mothering. It's ruled by cancer, which is the archetypal mother of the zodiac. And then the fifth house, because it can help within that house to understand ways that they want to creatively and individually express themselves or even ways that they want to show affection or expressions to others and ways that we want to obviously honor that because children are all about both discovering and expressing their authentic selves like as unfiltered as possible and we want to support that so obviously we could look at every single house but as an intro and also for the sake of time I like to just focus on those areas and yeah okay yeah, that's good to know. So it's like you focus on the first planets, the inner planets, and then also the first houses, the first through the fifth, which, you know, to me, those represent the foundations that then if a parent understands those aspects or parts of the chart of their child, then it will help them get an indication of the child's foundation, which will then help in how they're you know, project themselves out in the world. A lot of parenting advice out there says that the earliest years of a child's life are the most important. Years one to three are the most important. And a lot of parents either realize or don't realize that how they raise a child, especially in those early years, will affect how they are out in the world once they are in school full time or once they're teenagers and they're spending more time with their friends or when they become adults and they're out there in the world on their own. Um, how you raise a child has such an impact. Like, you know, uh, to, as a side note, but also it kind of reminds me of this. I've been hearing a lot of videos about narcissists. It's become like such a popular thing. And, you know, one of the things I recently learned about narcissism is that it's, it's well, I don't know how true or not true this is, but I had heard that it's people that are narcissists. They're not born with that condition. It's instilled in them based on their upbringing. So part of it is, you know, based on the foundation of a person, but the other part of somebody becoming a narcissist is how they're raised or how their early life is like. So it's like this combination between a person's just innate personality and how they were raised. So that's just an example of how raising your kid can lead to a certain outcome. I mean, being a narcissist is kind of an extreme example, but it's like that whole argument of nature versus nurture. And so, you know, if you want to hopefully have a child that eventually becomes an adult and it's out in society in a healthy way, it really all depends on, well, not all depends, but a big part of it depends on the foundation. You know, what kind of sense of self does the child get early on in life? And I think that's why astrology can be such a great tool because it can help a parent understand their child a little bit more. Also, when I think of third house, I think of siblings. So I wonder if knowing about your child's or if, for any parent, if they learn to understand their child's third house, if it could give an indication of how their child may be with their siblings. Like, you know, I think of parents that maybe have one child and they're thinking about adding to the family and having other children, you know, it might be good for them to know, okay, how would my child be as an older sibling to the other kids in the family and kind of knowing that in advance to kind of plan ahead, you know, will, will their kid be somebody that will be very nurturing to their sibling or would their child be naturally prone to be jealous? Alex, in your work with parents, does that ever come up with parents that use astrology for their parenting? It's so interesting that you use those examples because of how synchronistic it is, because 
one of the topics that we're going to discuss today is observing patterns within your family's birth charts and then using your intuition or whatever your beliefs are to see what those means. And I have a personal example just based on what you just said with the third house siblings, which also deals with community and early childhood environments. So my personal example is that I have the planet Saturn, which deals with karma, soul contracts, restrictions, limitations, and responsibility in the third house in the sign of Capricorn. My father is actually a Capricorn and I don't actually have any full-blooded siblings. I have older half-siblings which I didn't actually get to know or discover until later in life. So I feel like Saturn in the third house there, especially with the sign of my father is very synchronistic there to observe a pattern or something very significant and revealing a meaning there because it shows Saturn can show where you will develop or master or have more fulfillment and maturity later in life. And later in life, I actually did get to know my siblings, but not in my early childhood environment which the third house rules. So when I look at charts, if people want to know my observations of patterns, I will provide them, but I always do my best to trust my intuition to observe patterns like that, like with what it means when a planet is in a house like that. And then there's so much more that we can go into like with the degrees and aspects as well. But this kind of information, if you are willing to receive it, is all in your chart. And it will lead into what we're gonna discuss later, which helps you to heal certain patterns or wounds that may have been painful for you through the powerful tool that knowledge is. Mm -hmm. So the information, if you are ready and willing to receive it to help you release certain things through understanding them and empowering yourself is there. And that's what we as astrology interpreters are here for. Yeah. And I, I just have a question because you did bring that up with the third house. Like, do you ever feel it makes a difference with your clients, with the people that you've helped? What position the child is born in? Because I find a lot of things are are different when a child is a second child versus a first child. Does that affect their astrology interpretation? Like, how do you take that into account? That is a really good point. That a lot of the times this can be shown within the chart. Like maybe if you had a Gemini third house where a Gemini is the twins where depending on its aspects or how else it's positioned it may show that you have multiple siblings or that you were very involved with a very abundant community or a lot of children around you in your early childhood years but it really depends on so many layers with like what other planets are in there the aspects of degrees but you can get a very general overview of things but a lot of the times clients are just very presently surprised with what can be shown within a chart, especially by someone who doesn't even know you and shouldn't have any idea of this personal information for you. So they're more willing to actually open up and provide this information like, wow, that's so cool because this relates to et cetera, et cetera, insert personal example from their lives here. So they usually volunteer aspects of information for themselves because then it helps me help them by applying the observations. And also like with parents, because a lot of times what I find when I've helped people who have children is they have a hard time accepting certain aspects of their children or certain patterns that they see. How do you deal with some of the like, for example, the helicopter mom that might want to know how to help her child concentrate better in school or, 
you know, the, the parents that won't accept that their child, you know, might have a little bit of hypersensitivity, hyperactiveness that might be demonstrated in their chart, you know, with a strong Gemini or something like that, a strong Mercury. How do you help those parents overcome their own objections? I'm smiling because the synchronicity of the questions that we're asking so far, which is completely not premeditated at all resonates with me so much because I'm like oh that's me the helicopter parent with the hyper hypersensitive child I'm like how did they know I was not even thinking about that okay? oh I know because uh, there's still so many things we're learning about each other I'm just like well how did they know just synchronicity that's that's me the helicopter triple fixed sign in my big three parent that's just like especially only having one child and if you've gone through certain things that might be traumatizing to you or basically how you were taught to parent or what you see around you my son's only five and I think I spent the first four years being like a super helicopter parent but only finally you know releasing that understanding and astrology has really helped me with that especially once I analyzed his chart more so my son is five he is a Taurus sun Sagittarius moon Libra ascendant but I think he has I should know this I think he has his moon in the third house and he also has Mars in Gemini in the ninth house. So there's certain placements within his chart that specifically indicated someone that's going to need a lot of help learning how to focus their abundant and also scattered energy, dealing with a lot of Gemini or other air sign or more scattered mutable signs, even though he is a fixed sun, Taurus. You know, if you don't know these things, you just think like, oh, cool, I got a Taurus child, they're going to be super laid back, they're just going to be super chill. No, he is very fiery. He is also very sensitive, and he needs help focusing. And I'm just very grateful for the understanding of this, because I think a lot of things, I have to be really careful here, because getting a diagnosis or medications or whatsoever, if there is some type of issue, sure, if it really helps you or your child, do what works for you. I just think that it's important to support our decisions with knowledge of self to see if there could be maybe natural solutions just coming through knowledge and then brainstorming with whoever can help you to see what solutions you can apply. So I'm not against anything. I'm just saying that knowledge is such a valid, valuable tool because a lot of people would look at my son and think like he might have some issues focusing even though it's common for his age group too, but I actually would look at his chart and see like, wow, he's a Taurus sun, but he has pretty much every single fire sign in all of his planets and air. He's predominantly fire and air and he's just raring to go. And there's a lot of other factors in his hypersensitivity as well. Like he has sun in the eighth house or when we incorporate other knowledge systems such as human design, which would be a whole other video. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But human design helps to categorize different aspects of yourself. And one category that I saw that really stood out to me is it tells you what your strongest sense is. And for him, it's feeling. It actually said within the description, his strongest sense is feeling like he can actually pick up on the vibes and energies and feelings and emotions of even inanimate things like the energy of a room or whatsoever it's like being a very heightened empath so I'm sure we can look within our astrological chart and see where that is as well but these things help us understand you know why is my child so sensitive and what can I help what can I help them with 
So in regards to a solution with how I help him focus, mm -hmm. this is why understanding his chart helped me so much. And also just applying nature versus nurture and making observations as well. I know that he very aligned with his Taurus sun-like energy, loves animals, loves nature, and he is very artistic. He has Venus in the sixth house. So he loves to create things that can be of service, but he's also a perfectionist as well. So I can actually get him to sit down and practice his drawing or learn through visuals as well over and over again. And even though it's very hard for me to get him to sit down and focus on other things, which we should still be mindful of, okay, this is only a five-year-old. Any five-year-old is going to have a limited attention span. He will sit and draw or create art for hours. So when I want him to learn other subjects like science, math, or whatever, I saw it as like, okay, I just have to make it creative. If I want to teach him grammar, phonics, whatsoever, what I did was basically just I have a giant whiteboard in my living room and we just make visual stories about everything. And you can teach them anything that way. So I'm really grateful for this knowledge because sometimes we might get frustrated and want to give up that like, oh, wow, this is the only way that I was taught to teach them to do things, but there's an infinite amount of ways to learn. And so that's why I'm so passionate about this, because even as adults, we may have had stressful school experiences where we felt bad that, oh, shoot, I'm not learning the way that my friends are or the way that the teacher is telling me to. And we might kind of shut down parts of ourselves when we're trying to learn something new because we just have those memories when it's helping us to unlearn programmed ways of thinking and just stay open to, I'm just going to keep trying until I find what works for me. So everything that we discuss within how to help understand your child always relates to us because there's always that inner child within us who's always trying to learn new things and evolve. So I'm just very passionate about that. But yes, that is my answer to your question then. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I wanted to emphasize that you said his moon is in the third house, correct? So his moon is Sagittarius in the third house. So that His player. emotional planet is in the sign or the, the placement of the mind. So like that sort of connection between his mind and his emotions is probably very clear. I have moon in the third house in Scorpio next Ooh. to Pluto. I mean like right next to Pluto. So everything I think about is too deep. <laughs> so I could definitely identify with that. The Pluto energy is like, it's not deep enough though. We just have to keep going. Keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> just, just keep going. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's how astrology can help. It helps in acceptance of, of who your child is as an individual for, and I think that's so important to parents because I think there's a lot of parental circles where there's a lot of comparison that takes place like oh well my child is already doing this like my child is two years old and is playing the piano my child is doing this and I can imagine as a as a parent like I'm not a parent right now I would like to be a parent one day but I can imagine that that could be really hard when you're in a social circle with other parents where there's so much comparison taking place and it could may, probably put pressure on parents of, well, my child has to be like this at this age. And, you know, sometimes that's just not always the case. Like everybody's their own individual. And I think looking at a child's natal chart can show what are that, that those, that individual's tendencies. And sometimes it could provide a solution, you know, that could be approached before having to rely on medicine. And like you were saying, Alex, there's all these different options, right? So I think we live in a society 
And I think hopefully little by little it's changing, but I think for the most part, we do live in a society where if something is a little different about a child, automatically there's a diagnosis and medication that's given along with that, which of course can be helpful for a lot of families and a lot of children, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the first and only option for people. You know, yeah. For, example, yeah, for example, with myself, I was delayed in speaking. I didn't start to speak until I was five years old. And some people, I'm I'm sure lots of parents thought that was odd and, and probably thought I had an issue or some sort of thing that needed to be diagnosed. But my grandmother knew I would eventually speak. And then funny enough, if you look at my natal chart, I have Chiron, the asteroid of inner wounds in Gemini and Gemini is a sign that represents communication. So I always have, when it comes to how I communicate, there's always like wounds there. And perhaps, you know, when I was a toddler, it manifested in me being delayed in speech because, you know, I know for me, how I can overthink when it comes to how I speak and things like that. And how you'll be received. Yeah, exactly. How it's received. I may say something and then beat myself over it later on. So, I mean, as an adult, I can articulate that and get past that, but maybe how it manifested when I was a baby or a toddler was just not speaking at all, like being able to comprehend and taking it in, but not necessarily, you know, expressing it or, you know, speaking in my own way, like speaking in gibberish and not really using the English language, like the average person. So it's just so interesting that way you look at the outside and what some people would see as something that's not typical or a delay or whatnot could maybe be even tied to the natal chart. If you really understand your kid's natal chart. Yeah, we're so quick to run. And I'm not saying that medicine is a bad alternative, but we're so quick to run and like sort of kill the individuality out of so many children. And and then at the same time, like never set boundaries. And it's just like, it's a very confusing like energy because on a certain level, they're allowed to do whatever they want. But on another level, society needs them to be a certain way. And it's like, where do we set boundaries for discipline? And where do those boundaries for discipline sort of affect the person as they're growing up, you know, and and those become the patterns that they build their life on, and then eventually the wounds that they have to heal. So it's a lot of different layers that go into how we're raising children, and even just the thought of like, maybe you have to put a five-year-old on a medication in order to stop being five years old. <laughs> like, it just bothers me sometimes because I'm like, okay, I understand they need discipline, but also discipline is, is your discipline to discipline them, not necessarily just the discipline a medication can provide, you know? So that that's something else that I think astrology can really help. How does your child behave? How does your child approach it? That's where the first house comes in, right? And then how do they think with their third house? What sort of nurturing do they need in their fourth house? Like that type of information is so key in helping that person become an individual as opposed to another, you know, functioning member of society, let's call it. You know what I mean? Like perfectly functioning and miserable. (laughs) Yeah. I really just want to normalize what's non-typical because there's no uni- uniformity, if that's even a word, between souls. Like we are all different, which our birth charts show the uniqueness of every soul. And that's why I'm so passionate about emphasizing our, our differences. Even if you're the same sun sign, your son being in a different house than someone can make such a huge difference in the degree as well. 
but I wanted to briefly touch on what you were saying with Chiron in Gemini for you, because I think we mentioned this in the first series, but myself, my son, and my son's father, so here we go, making chart pattern observations, all have Saturn where you are restricted and limited, but eventually will master through overcoming some challenges in the third house, mm -hmm. which deals with siblings, early childhood environments, but also thinking communications. And I too, my mom told me, develop my speech later on. And then she oh. teases me like, yeah, you definitely caught up because you sure talk a lot. I'm like, thanks mom. <laughs> but also I have a third house stellium, including like my North node in the third house. So I'm learning to accept that it's actually part of my destiny in this lifetime to become a master at communication and be a messenger of some sort. So knowing that about myself and having that commonality and seeing that, you know, like I've done pretty well in developing my individual learning styles and my speech and working on healing insecurities there, it gives me such hope and faith in myself for my son, who is also currently a little bit speech delayed as well, although a two-year social isolation period due to COVID will kind of do it for you as well. Yeah. It just helps me. So this understanding can help parents as well, just to give them that relief because there's so much pressure on us, mostly coming from a place of like, oh, I don't want to fail my child in a way. But I also wanted to touch on what we were discussing just in regards to, we're not against medication, but it just, people shouldn't be so quick to jump into it because there can always be you know, God forbid some side effects, or there could have just been a natural side effects free solution. So upon studying astrology, I'm also very passionate about studying herbs or just holistic or energy based perspectives of things. So one thing that helped me was finding out that actually I have a very high gluten intolerance. And I found this out because I'm not allergic to anything. But as of last year, I started to just get more hive and inflammation breaks out through my skin. And through thorough research, finding out that like I've been developing a gluten intolerance over the years. And upon speaking to people who are like full out celiac and finding out what some of the severe symptoms are, it's basically your body not being able to digest the gluten in your body. So it's causing inflammation and it can lead to inflammation in other areas of your body as well. So et cetera, upon further inflammation, I further research and information, I found out that brain inflammation can be a part of it as well. So some of the symptoms I have to be very careful because I'm obviously not a doctor. Please do your own research. Take my mm -hmm. research subjectively if you wish. But for me, I just realized that a lot of the symptoms of terms such as ADHD or whatsoever were linked to similarities in things that would cause the brain inflammation. So for me personally, the more that I started to cut out gluten, I actually noticed more mental clarity where I would have a lot of difficulty with brain fog or just being able to focus. Sure, there's other factors in that as well. That's fine. Again, not a doctor, but just how diet or even studying certain herbs can really help as well. Like I was really trying to study a genre of herbs called uh, nootropics, which help to promote um, general cognitive health. So such as like lion's mane mushroom, which is very powerful in helping to repair any neurological or nerve cell damage and repair. And then through promoting the growth of new brain cells, it actually expands new ways of thinking, helps your brain kind of function better, ginkgo biloba. I can talk about that in a separate podcast because obviously that's not where we're here for today, but it still relates because we might look at our chart and think like, oh shoot, my son's 
chart says he has moon in the third house. So I guess he's just always going to struggle with paying attention. And that's not true. It's Mm -hmm. just giving you things to be mindful of, but it's on you to see how you can support that. And so these are various ways to do that. Yeah, and I mean, just the idea, like, we've been having some things going on in terms of how much physical activity children need, and that research that's opening up, and it's like, well, no wonder there are so many children who are hyperactive if they don't have recess, if they don't have an outlet, if they can't run, even if it's first thing in the day, and then they change, or at the end of the day, like, there's a promise of being out in the open, out in the open air, and there's even schools in other countries that are just open air schools that they actually incorporate a lot of this the ther- the tree therapy i think it's called <laughs> basically nature therapy oh, like when it comes hugging. To yeah that's such a thing yeah. yeah and so they're out in nature or even the practical use of their subjects you know it, it seems that more and more we're just learning to pass exams or learning to mm-hmm. take tests but the practical use of let's say a subject called calculus or English or math and how that relates to everyday life, how you can apply it to everyday life. It's mostly just to either prove you can do calculus on a high level, but not necessarily what it's used for, where you can practically bring it into your life. And that sort of learning and and that need to know why is never satisfied in so many people in this, you know, in this country and and in most Western countries. So a a lot of these, let's say, issues and a lot of the, the observations that I see in people's astrology is really a need to connect maybe what they're experiencing with what they're learning because there is a large disconnect for a lot of people and and unfortunately it leads to either oh they can't pay attention in class they're not good students they're rebellious well you have an entire an entire generation with uranus and aries going to school right now but you don't know how to teach them because what what do you think you're going to get? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to think about those things as well, mm-hmm. which astrology, I hope in the future, astrology can be more incorporated in how each individual is accepted as well as accepting of themselves. So, I, I mean, I, I just, I would like to put it out there. You know, you got a whole generation of Uranus and Aries students and you're wondering why they're so rebellious. <laughs> yeah, but it also shows that whatever they feel wasn't given to them, with that Uranus, innovative and spontaneous Mm -hmm. energy and with it being an Aries, very self-assertive, they're going to be like, you know what? We're going to give this to ourselves or we're going to like demand it be given us. We're going to revolutionize which Uranus Mm -hmm. deals with what we deserve for myself. So I love that for our generation. And you know what? I don't hope that it's going to happen because this is what we're discussing now. And, you know, like we're going to continue discussing these things. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And I also very much relate to what you were saying on making knowledge practical, because this is why, I mean, everything is why astrology is so important, but this is yet another example of yeah. how understanding these things helps you even understand yourself. So I have Mercury and Taurus in the sixth house, and I also have a third house in Capricorn. So those Mercury shows us like what our communication and how we give and receive information in Taurus mercury is very practical so for me if i can't see the value or practicality of something it's just like so hard to compute something okay great Mm -hmm. i just remember myself in school when i'm trying to learn things that obviously wouldn't even be naturally much of an interest to me like calculus whatsoever whatever if they're not giving relevant examples of how to use it in our everyday life and why it's important i'm just 
my brain is just like does not compute doesn't I don't understand how do I apply this and it's so important for teachers even parents or teachers too right to explain kids the value of it you might not be able to use it in your everyday practical life but at least explain to them why it's important for them rather than just with more of a just because it is just because I told you so do your homework kind of approach they, they need value they need practicality to see how they can use it if you want to explain to them like well it's important because give an example of a job that uses it and how that job contributes to society like whether it's a certain engineer or architecture and how understanding it helps them to build really cool buildings or things that they can see what the outcome of it is you got to do that because I told you so, or just do your homework. It's, it's not enough, especially for Uranus and generations. Yeah. Like, yeah, 2010 to like the 2008, 2010 to 2018. I can't remember the exact dates, but all of those mm-hmm. children are right now going to school, <laughs> are right yeah. now learning. And we have no idea how to approach a person with these transits or even with the other chaos that was around them. I mean, at that point, there were two wars going on when most of them were born. There was a financial crisis that was coming down that was basically people, we were people unreeling from. And it's like, now we're going into another crisis and people are like, what's going on? And, and there's not a lot of hope or promise for hope. And it's like every generation wants to feel like they're improving the lives of others. And it's like between the health issues that we have as a society, the breakdown that we're having as a society, many people, parents and children don't feel as if society is improving. You know, whether the internet and the other aspects of our lives have anything to do with it, I don't know. But there are so many things, even just like the boy crisis, which is literally happening as we speak, where men just don't feel, and just young men don't feel like they have a place in society and what their place is, if at all, you know, and giving them that purpose, that energy outside of forcing them to go to war, which is what we used to do, (laughs) is sort of like breaking everything apart. And we've gotten a lot off topic, but back to the astrology, the thing that we most want to pay attention is the patterns. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of how people can use the patterns within their familial astrology to improve their family dynamic? Yeah. So whether you want to pull up a synastry chart, which you can do through free tools, websites such as Astro slash, what's the slash seek, or is it hyphen seek? Oh, um, yeah. 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 They, they have, we can link it to the video as well. They have free synastry charts that might be a little too overwhelming for people not to discourage anyone but it just shows overlapping aspects numbers and whatsoever so it might be a little overwhelming for people mm-hmm. to look I find at astro.com has a good one that's very like simple it's just laid out you can put it on yeah. whole signs so you don't have to really figure out how you know each house overlaps in so yeah yeah, so that's a good one because it'll show you with the person's chart that you're comparing it to where each of your planets show up in each other's houses and they'll give you free interpretations of that. Of course, you can reach out to people like us that can help to break that down for you, but also add our own observations based on experiences with these or our own intuition and whatsoever. So where would I really say that I look to first in terms of family patterns? For me personally, I like to go straight into the deep stuff like real scorpio ascendant stuff so i'm like you know let's deal with the karma like let's look at saturn let's look at how we're going to transform so i look for more patterns with the outer planets so for example as i mentioned not too long ago my son and my son's father we all have saturn the planet of 
karma, soul contracts, restrictions whatsoever, all in the third house. So there's a few ways that I've interpreted that. My son's father also did experience blockages in speech and mental cognition. And now he is very intelligent and he is an excellent speaker and just like things that we've had to learn to individually master and overcome in our insecurities and we're both Saturn and Aquarius as well so that helps give me faith for my son as well who is currently learning to find and develop his voice he is very intelligent he just needs to learn how to put individual words together. So other patterns too, I'm really working on being more transparent. So I don't mind sharing personal examples while also being mindful of what might be a little too oversharing with people. For example, a pattern that I've looked at on caregivers I've had throughout my life and how their influence impacted me is that every predominant male figure in my life has had a Scorpio moon or a Scorpio sun. And I'm smirking because those who know kind of know the intensity of that my father has a Scorpio moon my grandfather has a Scorpio moon my stepdad later in life was a Scorpio sun and my son's father is a Scorpio moon so every male figure I've had in my life has just been going through a lot of personal inner soul level transformation so emotionally which the moon deals with they weren't always emotionally present or able to communicate what they wanted to because Scorpio is just really still I believe your moon is in Scorpio so you know you can represent speaking that for yourself but it's just constant soul level transformation so sometimes they're not always able to emotionally articulate what they're going through which but when it comes to influence of what you look for in a caregiver which one of the top things for that is emotional support it may not have been compatible because they may not have even understood what they were going through emotionally to be able to support your emotional needs as well. And also can sometimes be an indicator of certain traumas within that area as well and how that impacts you based on who your caregivers were. So I look at patterns like that to see what's influenced me in my earliest childhood environments. Other other patterns I've noticed as well, both my parents both have Venus and Pisces. So just seeing how Venus, the planet of how you give and receive love, like what was taught to me through love languages from an early age. Like both my parents are very big on being of selfless and unconditional service. Like they're both very passionate about certain things. Like they're both actually very passionate about animals and work a lot with animals. And that seems very Venus and Pisces like. So seeing how that taught me things about my own love language and how that shows up as well. So there's, there's, I just look for patterns, synchronicities, like things that show up. And then when you translate them, you'll see how much that makes sense. And to realize and like, wow, that played a huge part in influencing me in my early childhood experience, or even in my current experiences. Now I'm trying to think if there's any other examples of patterns, but I think those are already two very big examples, or even just seeing patterns with other aspects as well. Like I have a very strong willed and strong just overall personality mother because she is an Aries sun with a Taurus moon. Oh. So that's a fire sun and a earth moon. And funny enough, I am a earth sun with a fire moon. So when we butt heads, it's hard for me to admit this sometimes, but I think it's just projection. I'm like, it's the same energy. <laughs> like we both don't want to yield and we have to be so compassionate when we're trying to find compromise with each other because we're both just like kind of dealing with things being my way or the highway. And it's, you know, it's, it's no one more wrong than the other because it's just reflections of each other. So sometimes you realize like where you were very like your parents that you don't really want to admit, mm-hmm. but it's better if you do, because then you can kind of 
evolve that way, no matter how hard it is to do that. So those are just some example of patterns that I look at and patterns can be anything because everyone's individual charts and charts and comparisons will be different. So I can't really say what to specifically look out for because it's gonna be different for everybody, but it just makes so much sense with that relationship you have to that person. For example, my son is also a Taurus, born five days apart from me, and he's a fire moon as well. So, you know, it's the same energy of when we're trying to find compromise with his moon and Sagittarius. Like everything is just instant rebellion because if it imposes on his freedom, God forbid, he's just like, no. So I have to kind of convince him how what I want also supports what he wants too. So it's just kind of finding the patterns in that and how you relate and how to support each other. And if you can't fully relate, at least you can hopefully learn to respect each other's differences by seeing where they come from, by seeing, you know, what's in their chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's so important with, with people with that energy to sort of connect their emotional needs with others, just because it can be such an individualist sort of sign. And it's so seeking for its own freedom rather than seeking for the sort of societal overall type of good. So it's so good to especially just teaching them like how they can incorporate that. And and that's so great that you show him like, hey, this also matters to me. And like, let's work this out. Let's come to the middle. And so as he grows older, he can see, hey, how can I get motivated to help others is through seeing what is in their needs as opposed to my own. You know, but with the with the moon in Scorpio, I am so grateful I was born as a woman just because that like I don't I don't know if you go into this with your clients, but I find it so different between the sexes, certain signs, aspects, placements, just because of the societal impositions, you know, where men are not allowed to emote as much. And so a Scorpio moon person or even any man who's born with a strong Scorpio cannot find a way to either express it or their karma is to find a way to do that and to overcome those societal norms, let's call them, of being more reserved, of not being as emotional. And, you know, what's worse is that Scorpio energy, especially Venus and Scorpio can come out even violently because they're so influenced from the societal perspective on respect, on, you know, female male roles. And those patterns can become the ultimate, like, demise or breakdown of that person's life because they didn't know, hey, I'm, I have a strong Scorpio. I should learn how to emote in a positive way as opposed to as a lot of you know people who are maybe a little bit darker Scorpio energy, who have a little bit more difficulty with that, there might be a breakdown because they didn't learn how to overcome that issue. So it's, it's very difficult for people with Scorpio or Scorpio sun who are male. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a natal chart can really show how is somebody supposed to be in their most authentic way, right? And if you're in an environment or in a society where that isn't as accepted, then yeah, you're more likely to show the lowest, the lower manifestations of that planet's placement or that sign of yourself. When I think of patterns, you know, as you were talking about it, Alex, I was thinking like Pisces is on my fourth house, and the fourth house can represent the mother, and my mom is a Pisces, and then the men in my family, like my father and brother are both Gemini and my descendant is in Gemini. So maybe somehow my relationships with them connect to just I just tendencies I may have in connecting with somebody that could be a potential partner or how I am in relationships. So yeah, it's like interesting to see how, you know, once you really start thinking about it, 
what patterns show up in the charts in your in your own chart, but then also comparing that with somebody else's chart, like a family member's chart or a parent's chart or your child's chart. And I think a lot of people, when they think of synastry, they think about doing it for a romantic relationship or for a love interest. But I guess you could also do a synastry chart reading to see the parental relationship, like the connection between you and your child or you and your parent. So that's really important for people to know. When it comes to the signs, Alexandra, in your work, do you find that your clients, when they're trying to get advice for parenting, or do they ever want to find out if their son's sign determines how they would be as a parent? Or do you notice any patterns or insights between what somebody's son's sign is and how they, they are as a parent? Hmm. Yes and no. I would say that's a little bit of a, a challenging Mm-hmm. question to answer because there's so much within our chart that can determine that and you actually taught me that even beyond what's in our chart traditionally especially when we get into the asteroids because in the first episode episode you talked about series and libra or other asteroids aspect to me um that showed like how I would approach motherhood that I wasn't even currently aware of. It can, mm-hmm. it can go so in depth. So it, the information is definitely there into mm-hmm. what type of parent you'll be, even though you are always in control with free will and you do with the information as you please. Mm-hmm. But I think that we can kind of just see the relationship that we will have with our children, just based on understanding better what our personalities are like more, which is essentially what our charts show us. And then sometimes you'd even be surprised. Like in the first episode, we covered how I have a lot of fixed signs. So one would imagine that I'd be very fixed in my ways that, okay, mm-hmm. Rukari, my son's way, my son's name, this is just the way it is. This is just the way that we're going to mm-hmm. do things, you know, a very fixed sign approach. And I'm not really like that because I try to maintain values and structure and predictability, things are, that are of fixed sign nature. But there would really be no point because as I mentioned in the first episode as well, he is basically reparenting me because every part of his chart is just revolutionary, fiery, airy. So just asking questions about like, why, why, why? Super curious. And sometimes I don't even know why. And I just honestly want to be like, because I said so, like how so many parents would say, but there's no point because he is showing me what he needs. So that question is a little bit layered because you might have a way that you were taught to parent and depends on what area of life, but then your child is just going to have their own unique needs and personality and they will tell you how they need to be parented and it's really up to you to see what you are willing to or will eventually adapt for the sake of you both to have a a more harmonious relationship or if you want to just every parent is different too like some parents are and there's no there's no judgment because I don't really believe there's a wrong way of doing it it's whatever feels right to you so long as no one is being harmed right and sometimes even that is kind of indirectly with beyond our control but directly harming I mean so if you want to focus just more on instilling certain structures and values and having more of the I am the parent you are the child relationship then you might focus more on like a set structure of values and belief and a system to follow but if you want to actually have more of a whether or not you want to call it friendship and therefore have more harmony and communication opening up then you're gonna listen more to how your child wants to be parented and kind of learn and understand them more 
to see where you can both fluctuate and adapt to each other. And I'm not comparing, you know, which one people should choose. But for me, I just learned that I would rather have that because personally, it's just easier for me because why am I going to keep resisting and fighting and trying to get you to conform to something that you were just showing me, especially within your chart as a very fiery, strong-willed individual that you do not want to conform. He is part of that Uranus and Aries generation that Stella mentioned as well. So I'm just like, okay, having this knowledge, I'm like, there's really no point of me trying to get you to do what you don't want to do. Let's just see where we can mutually come to compromise with each other. And I try to approach things with more of a a we-based perspective, like what can we do together? Or if I give him more choices, even though I'm the one who's giving him the choices, at least he feels honored to make some individuality. So yeah, there's just a lot of layers to that question, but those are some of the factors that I look at when it comes to the world of parenting, because it's a whole world. There's so many layers to it. Yeah, for sure. So it's like a marriage between knowing yourself and knowing your child. And yeah, how do those two beings work together to have hopefully a good parent-child relationship? But then looking at sometimes regardless of the intention, good or not good, sometimes wounds do happen. Like sometimes a parent has internal wounds that they have to get over to help in their parenting. And sometimes children, you know, throughout the course of being raised end up encountering wounds or they naturally have them within their being. So, you know, one area that we're going to explore the next time we all meet is going over what parts of the natal chart to look at to understand your own internal wounds that might affect how you parent. And also, your child's internal wounds and how to hopefully best parent to accommodate that or to be aware of that. So I'm really looking forward to that next conversation. Like you said, Alexandra, there's like a a whole world when it comes to parenting and, you know, yeah, you're like, preach. (laughs) Yeah, I think we can go like sign by sign and maybe go over breaking down what each sign Mm -hmm. needs in the next episode, Mm -hmm. just so we can help parents, you know, on a practical level, like, what do I need to do? Like, what are the most important things I need to do if I have a Scorpio sun moon arising? What are the most important needs for my Gemini? Like, she's everywhere. (laughs) Like, what can I do to help them feel loved, you know, et cetera, per sign, et cetera. So, you know, I think that would be a great way to give it a practical twist for the parents that are listening. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I think when it comes to the signs too, I think some parents that are sort of aware of astrology and parenting, I think they assume, okay, my, you know, my child is a Gemini son. So I only need to take into consideration what a Gemini needs. But I think as you learn more about astrology as a parent, you realize that it's more than just the sun sign. It's more than just a sun sign when it comes to how to best parent your child. And it's more than just the sun sign when it comes to how you are are potentially as a parent and what things you might want to incorporate in your parenting as far as your tendencies and what type of new tendencies might you want to pick up to meet your child where they are so to speak so I mean yeah we can I think this could be a whole course like we could be a whole course because we can look at the sun (laughs) sign but we could also look at the moon right so if depending on where the moon is placed as far as sign and house, it could determine how do you emotionally support your child? And then with Mercury, it's like, how do you intellectually support your child? So on and so forth. So this is just hopefully the beginning of more conversations to come. But if we look at signs and placements, one episode can be for like each planet almost, you know, because it's just like a whole world 
whole bunch of things to consider. And then aside from the planets, you've got other things in the natal chart, like the North Node that represents soul purpose, Iran, which represents internal wound, Ceres, which is an asteroid that represents how one nurtures and how one is best nurtured, so on and so forth. So there's so much to cover in the natal chart. So yeah, well, hopefully we all get to explore that bit by bit with the next parts of this series. But before we wrap up and kind of give a call to action to the audience, Alex, do you have any last words, any last insights that you would like to share before we wrap up the episode? Again, I'm just really grateful for the three of us learning together, communicating the work that we're doing to understand and understand ourselves and others and for providing this information because it's so empowering and it can help better us as individuals. And if we're all focusing on bettering ourselves as individuals, we therefore better ourselves as a society. So this is really what astrology was meant to do on an inner level, but also on the outer level through understanding the transits and whatnot. It's just helping us activate our purposes and understand ourselves to be our best selves. And when we apply that as parents, we help to heal and release ways that we necessarily weren't fans of being parented and understand more so why that was, especially if we can look at our parents' charts to see why they may be like that, you know? And then there's nature versus nurture, like when you understand like how were they parented and things of that nature. Mm So I think that astrology is also just so spiritual because the more that you understand, my hopes at least is that it teaches people empathy and compassion. It's not that we are a victim of circumstances and that it's just it is the way it is. That's the way it's meant to be. It's like understanding why it was and hopefully either forgiving ourselves or forgiving others. And forgiveness is something so important as parents because I guarantee you, I'm going to even say 100% of parents feel like there's always something that they didn't do enough or that they didn't do right. So forgiveness, empathy, and compassion through knowledge of self is so important. And that's what we're here to discuss because the more that we can just forgive ourselves and allow ourselves to be and allow our children to be, Trust me, we go aligned with more harmony that way. So I think I'm just going to end with that just to really emphasize the importance of this information and what it can do for us, either on a practical level or a more spiritual level as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, sure. you know, for the audience out there, you know, as we continue this on as a series, we would love to hear from you. So feel free to put in the comments if there's any topics related to astrology and parenting that you want to hear more about. And no, no answer is too silly or too out of scope. We want to hear from you. So if anything comes up that you're curious to know about when it comes to this topic, feel free to put in the comments and we'll definitely take it into consideration and we'll keep it in mind as we plan the future episodes of this series of astrology and parenthood. Yeah, for sure. Really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Really enjoyed talking about this. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you, ladies. And thank you, everyone.